The Stars are finally lacing up their skates, and the Blackhawks get off the schneid with back-to-back wins against Detroit. What the hell are the Cubs doing this offseason? Seriously? And the Super Bowl is set with the Chiefs heading back to take on the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Are you effing kidding me? Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in-your-face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. Well, we are back for another podcast. How's our Couch Potato fans doing out there? Hopefully they're oh, sh- having a great time. I'm sure they're in a great mood today there, L.V., at least the good portion of them. And today's a day to celebrate, and I'm going to crack a nice ice cold Coors Light. Uh, there we go, because it is a day of celebration. Let me get a sip off this beauty. I am celebrating. I'm not celebrating. Oh, I, yeah, I heard it there. I'm not celebrating a Buccaneers win as much as I'm celebrating a Packers loss, my friend. Okay. There you go. Favorite teams are the Bears and whoever beats the Packers. Rock and roll. Wow, so now it's Tampa. Today it was Tampa Bay, baby. Tampa Bay and Kansas City making their way to the Super Bowl. These are some good football games. As we talked last week, the title games always seem to be the better, you know, a lot of times seem to be the better game. Oh, yeah, Than the actual Super Bowl. So, yeah. So that Packer game, Buccaneers make and Tom Brady – you know, not a big Tom Brady fan, but making it back. What a crazy game, though. I mean, it was all over the place. You, you had Tom Brady. I, I think I told you uh, when we were talking before, they had uh, three, straight, three straight drives in the second half where he threw three interceptions. And there was a graphic on the on the game, I think, that said he only had 400 and, like his previous 400 attempts or something like that, he had zero interceptions. <laughs> so he tried to give it away there at the end, but. Well, there's a lot of teams out there that have some decent quarterbacks that do well generally when they're in the playoffs. But is it the not team? Aaron, not but, Aaron Rodgers. I know, right? Is it the team, though, or is it the quarterback? Well, we talked last week. It, to me, it's obvious you need a good quarterback and you need to have a good offensive line and defensive line. Those are the things that are going to get you to the promised land in the NFL, in my opinion. And... um now, the funny thing about, you mentioned quarterbacks and, you know, getting, you know, good playoff quarterbacks, but Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has as many NFC title game wins as Rex Grossman. Let that sink in for a minute. One? Yeah, that's right. In five NFC title games, he's one and four. And his only win was against two. Was against the Bears. The Bears, yeah. That was actually his first one. He actually beat the Bears. Was that 2011, something like that? Yeah. The one where we talked about where Cutler, you know, bruised his uterus and couldn't go back into the game. Yes. But he's only one and four. He beat the Bears, but he lost to Seattle. That was the one where Seattle came back, um, like, late in the fourth quarter, that crazy game. I think they won it in overtime. And then they got smoked by the Falcons and um, – by the 49ers. That Falcons loss, that was the one where then Atlanta went on to lose a heartbreaker to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing was all, the, all those games were road games. The Packers played on the road in those NFC title games. They finally get one at home, and they choke. Aaron Rodgers knocked out of there. So he's – his they home ch- Did they choke shot. or did they choke or did was it just a bad decision by LaFleur? Oh, well – there's a combination of the two because, you know, when you think about Matt LaFleur, he's obviously a young quarterback, okay, or, sorry, a young coach. Yeah. So 
you think about opportunities that you have and the decisions that you make in the NFL, especially when you're a head coach. And there's a you can count probably on one hand every game you got really key. Sorry, I was interrupted no. by the smack wagon. The smack wagon's coming, and I'm sorry, but LaFleur, I just I get, you know, kind of some of the uh um you know, the, these guys are really analytical and they start looking at different things and, you know, decisions that they make uh, when it comes down to a big play. But for him to kick the field goal when they were down by eight, I think it was a 24, 26-yard field goal or something like that. So they were so close. And he defended that decision by saying, you know, um, you know, of course, anytime the, the, it doesn't work out, it is what it is, right? But it's not as if the team, you know, the field goal they would have needed was to win the game, right? I mean, they still needed to tie with it with a with a touchdown and a two point conversion. Yeah. And in that situation, and he was like, "Well, you know what? We didn't get any yards on fourth on the first three downs, or whatever the case may be. But you still have one of the greatest quarterbacks. <coughs> it's hard for me to say that, but one of the greatest quarterbacks <laughs> of all time under center for you. And they were the number one offense in the NFL this season, Ron. Number one." and you're that close to the end zone, and you're down by eight with that amount of time left, I'm sorry, but you do not kick the field goal there. You throw the football. And the fact that, you know, to me, for him to come out and say that, you know, we looked at the numbers, he's got to look at the numbers again. Because when you've got that situation, you've got a quarterback that good, sorry, buddy, but you made the wrong call big time. Yeah, Mac Wagon for him, baby. Well, Matt LaFleur did say it wasn't as simple of a, a decision as that, of course, but the outcome is what Packer fans will remember when they reflect on the painful finish to the Sunday's NFC Championship game. Green Bay needed a touchdown and a two-point conversion to complete an unlikely comeback effort and had the ball on Tampa Bay's eight-yard line with first and goal. Three straight incomplete completions later. Three straight by your number one quarterback. LaFleur was faced with a key decision and sent out Mason Crosby to drill a 26-yard field goal. Don't ever, don't ever call him my number one quarterback. That's not what I said. He's one of the best. He is a good quarterback. It pains me to say it. But here's the difference, Ron. Here's what you don't hear in what you just said. So Aaron Rodgers, who should have actually scored a touchdown on the third down play. Why he didn't run, I have no idea. He tried to squeeze that pass in there, throwing it across the field. Incomplete, heading to fourth down. Whatever. But he was given the option to audible on that play, which he did. And he even said, had I known we were going to kick a field goal on fourth down, I probably would have called a different play. Mm. He thought he had an extra down there. So either a, you got some communication problems. If your quarterback doesn't know that doesn't, whatever happens on this play, we're going to be kicking a field goal or number two, he's making split second decisions that just are hurting the team. So sorry, Based on that logic, why wasn't Rodgers aware that you were going were, were going to be kicking a field goal? Because he probably would have called a different play, is what he said. So that's why I think he just that, yeah. that was a bad play, and you're getting the smack wagon this week, baby. Yeah, and I don't mind giving it to a Packer head coach. Oh. It actually, makes me feel good. <laughs> no, it's really good. Rodgers did admit that he thought he might have a chance to run with the ball on the play, but also said afterwards he thought he would get a fourth chance at scoring, right? Considering the circumstances. Right. So he's basically saying, well, I didn't think we were going to kick that that field goal. Well, but even then, and then LaFleur also said that we pretty much had four timeouts because they were on the other side of the two-minute warning. But had the kick returner for the Bucks actually ran around a little bit before sliding, because I'm sure he was told at the beginning or before he went out there that if you get the ball and you have to return it, you slide down so that we don't have a possibility of fumbling the football. In other words, give give yourself up. But he did it before the two-minute warning, which made no sense because yeah. you basically gave them that free timeout. Had he ran to the sideline and then slid up, he would have been able to buy a few more seconds. I think it was like 2.03 or something was left. He could have bought three or four more seconds and make that get to the two-minute warning and you know, basically take that free timeout away, which that was close enough that Lafleur's logic doesn't make sense in that regard. Because there's he's there was no guarantee that he was going to have that, unless of course he kicked it out of bounds, or he yeah. kicked it out of the back of the end zone, which yeah. didn't happen. So, well, there it's, you go. It it was a really interesting game. It was it was 
nice to see Green Bay lose as a Bears fan. It was even nicer to see Brady back into the Super Bowl for, on a different team. I mean, how many more years can this guy do this? It's, well, he's he's going back for the 10th time. Yeah, it's great. Now, he's actually one of now four quarterbacks to have done that, Ron. Do you know who the other three are? That have had 10? No, no, no. He's the only one that's had that. Yeah. But who have taken two separate teams. Oh, to the uh, Super Bowl. Peyton Manning. That's one. And uh, uh, I don't know. Len Dawson. I have no idea. No. No, <laughs> Len Dawson. Well, okay. So think Arizona Cardinals. Oh, Kurt Warner. Kurt, Kurt Warner. Warner. That was the second one. And this one you probably wouldn't have gotten because I didn't got didn't get it unless I looked it up. And that was Craig Morton who did it with the Cowboys and the Broncos way back in the day. Oh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, so he joins uh now there's only one of those three quarterback quarterbacks that did win both games that they played with for their different teams, and that was Peyton Manning. When he of course beat the Bears, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. And then uh brought the uh, Broncos to a title. So but yeah, he's back there for the tenth time. I mean, no, I think the closest quarterback um, to get to the Super Bowl that many times is five, and that's John Elway. So I mean, that just shows the dominance. You know, Tom Brady. It's not. Can you call this guy the greatest quarterback of all time? I don't know how you can't put him at the top of your list. I, I just don't know how you can't. I mean, when you look at just total numbers and the success that he's had. And now he's heading to his tenth Super Bowl. He's won six out of nine that he's been in. Yeah, um, how is he not the greatest up there with the likes of Joe Montana and guys like that? Right? Yeah, Steve Young. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Rogers, one and four in NFC title games. <laughs> he's only been to one Super Bowl. He, he. I mean, so it was a good game, our, right? We need our Nelson Muntz. Uh, ha ha! Laugh at the. Uh, we need that right in there. So Tampa Bay scores seven in the first. 14 in the second, seven in the third, and only three in the fourth. Where Green Bay really did most of their scoring, most of their points was 10 in the second, nothing in the first, which Green Bay is the number one team to score the most points in NFL history in the second period or the second quarter. Second quarter. So for, for Tampa Bay to hold them to only 10, that's pretty good. Well, that's you look at impressive. what they did. Yeah. I mean, you look at, just we keep talking about Rodgers, but look at his numbers, man. He had against against all other teams this year. He threw forty eight touchdowns and three picks. Against the Buccaneers, three touchdowns and three picks. I mean, in the NFC title games that he's played, and we've talked about his record so far, but he's had nine touchdowns and eight interceptions around, and that's a somewhat disturbing picture when it comes to turnovers. Now, granted, yeah, you're getting into the NFC title game, you're getting into any title game, you're, you're more than likely going to be playing a pretty damn good defense, right? So you're probably going to have, there's going to, you know, it's not like you're going to go out there and run it up necessarily. If they yeah. got to the title game, they got a good D, right? But they're losing those games. So that kind of gives you an idea of how impactful those turnovers likely are to the outcome of the games. I mean, granted, yeah, you got your, you got a chance to, you got your team down by a touchdown, you got a chance. So when, you know, come back and win the game, who do you want under center? Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the conversation. But it just seems that once he gets to that NFC title game, he struggles. Actually, one of our couch potato listeners told me what he thinks might be the problem. Okay. He thinks it might be the problem that his manhood's not big enough, <laughs> if you catch my drift. So I don't know if that's the case. I've never seen the guy in the locker room, so I have no idea, but that's what he said. That was our couch potato listener, Matt Matusik, one of our uh, fine members uh, in blue uh, up in the Northern Illinois there, but there you go. Where we can, you you know, you can be a couch potato member for free at Facebook. Just find us uh, Monday morning couch potatoes and then just join. If you're listening, just join Monday morning couch potatoes or follow us on Twitter. MM couch potatoes. Follow us. Tweet us. Why not? Why not? It you know, doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost anything. You're not going to get herpes or anything. It's perfectly fine. You can chime in and be anytime you like. So Aaron Rodgers, you know, you were saying how he's only had one conference win. He's also has four plus losses in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another guy that was. There's two other guys since 1948. There's two other guys that have the same records. Do you know who they are? In the title games. Yeah, two with fewer than two wins and four-plus losses in a conference championship games since 1948. Donovan McNabb? That'd be one of them. I don't uh, think John Elway. Yeah, I don't think you're going to. 
No, I guess John, John Elway made it to the champ, you know, made it to the Super Bowl a few times. Well, he's been there five times. We talked about that. Yeah. Or yeah, he's been there five times. So Ken Stabler. Oh, Kenny Stabler from the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh he, he, he just can't get over the hump, T Dog. Nope. Aaron Rodgers like cannot said, get over the hump. Like Matusik said, it could be his manhood, but we'll never know. Maybe they'll put that in a a commercial State Farm commercial. Now with with the road win today, surprisingly, for Brady. Because you got to remember, a lot of his Super Bowl runs, they were first in the AFC. They had home field advantage. And this time around, they were they played in a wild card. And they they've played every, you know, the last two weeks. But Brady has tied Joe Flacco for seven for the most road playoff wins by any quarterback in NFL history. You would have thought he'd get there that. Yeah, when you get there that much, you have an opportunity to tie records like that. Correct. But what's interesting is he's been there quite a bit. He must have been in. Obviously, his team was in first place. He wasn't doing a lot of road wins. Because remember, he did. did they, they went to the Saints, right? They went to the Saints, right? Or was it in Tampa? I thought I went Bears. No, no, the Saints. The Saints were the number. The Saints were the number two seed. So yeah. they they, they so tried, they, they're the number five seed. And, correct. Um, so they went to the yeah. Saints and beat the Saints. So that was another road win that gives them six. And then today, up in up in Green Bay, he wins another, and that gives them seven. You would have thought yeah. he would have had more. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. But well, fun man Tunyon. Guess what? Your boy Tunyon. He surpasses Paul Kaufman for the most receiving touchdowns by a Packer tight end in a single game. I mean, in a single season. Excuse me. I was going to say season. Since yeah. 1950. Tunyon out From of McHenry, Indiana. Illinois. McHenry, yeah. Illinois. The local kid went to the same high school as my, my kids did. So, yeah, cool stuff. So, Couch Potato fans, I'm sure you are excited to know that the Green Bay Packers got dominated by Tampa Bay. And the Brady saga continues for another Super Bowl. And they're hosting it. Yeah, I was going to get to that in a minute. I was going to get to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, now we got to shift gears over to Buffalo and Kansas City. The Buffalo Bills, my lock and upset of the week, (laughs) folks. My lock. Basically, I was, I was. I was trying. I, I felt really good that first 10 minutes of the game. I felt really good. They were up oh, by nine. People that were wow. for the Bills. I have a friend out there. His name's Chris. He was actually at the game. He's a big Kansas nice. City Chiefs fan. I don't know if he listens to Couch Potatoes, but you know what? We'll have to make sure he listens this well, week. Well, then he's not a really good friend then. Just not, he's not that good. Oh, okay. He's just go. a friend. So Kansas City takes a crushing defeat again, a dark defeat, kills Buffalo, 38-24. Another amazing game by old Patty Mahomes. Huh. Yeah, is this kid stupid good? That offense is just amazing. I mean, yeah, the Chiefs have won five straight playoff games. The longest streak in franchise history. Another win for the Hall of Famer, soon to be, will be a Hall of Famer, Andy Reid, as he ties Joe Gibbs for the fourth most postseason victories by a head coach in NFL history. Well, you did your homework before this podcast, didn't you? I sure I, did. I, why, why do I have a feeling that there's going to be a test for me later that I'm going to have to keep track of this stuff? I, Ron, here's the thing I want to tell you about that game that I think this is the one thing I'm excited about that has nothing to do with, you know, the Super Bowl or anything else. It has to do with like a feeling of this. I think there is a renewed rivalry here that I think there's an opportunity to have like the Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady rivalry that we had in the two thousands and the 2010s. Yeah. Cause I think Josh Allen is that good of a quarterback. I think he's one of he's proven himself to be one of the better in the NFL. He had a, a rough game today, still played well. I mean, he rushed for almost a hundred yards, I think. And, um, but he was under a lot of pressure there. Uh, Kansas City did a good job defensively on him. Um, 
But this Kansas City slash Buffalo, you know, I, I, I have a feeling these guys are really going to put it up. And you saw some of it there at the end of the game where they was getting real chippy. They started smacking each other around. This oh, yeah. could build into one of those type of rivalries where it's not a division rivalry, right? It's not like the, the Browns and the Steelers or the Bears and the Packers and those types of things, but a conference rivalry mm-hmm. that I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch over, over the next few years. Um, yeah, especially. If these two teams continue to be successful. Correct, yeah, especially when they're they're in the the playoff hunt. Right. I right. mean. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. You know, uh, basically – What's his face? The the announcer, Tony Romo, was saying, you know, he's like, Josh Allen, you can see that Josh Allen is up like another year away in his progressions, whereas Pat Mahomes is already so far ahead that he can see coverages, he can see defenses, he can, he can really make a decision if it's going to be a run play versus pass play or, you know, throw it out to the for a hot read or whatever. Josh Allen just wasn't quite there yet picking those uh, defenses apart. As soon as he does, man, because that kid has an arm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw this, Couch Potato fans, but, man, he threw the ball falling out of bounds. Even though he stepped out of bounds, he threw that ball, I don't know, 40 yards from his side. <laughs> like on a at, dart, yeah. yeah. On a dart, man, 40, 50 yards on a dart. He's got an arm. That. That kid, and he's, he could throw at all different kinds of angles, same as Patrick Mahomes. That's what makes these two quarterbacks very interesting and, and very similar in a way, except for Allen is way better as far as running with the ball. I mean, he had over 88 yards rushing as the quarterback in this today's game. And, right. and they, ran, they won away, Buffalo won away from the running game last game against the Ravens because the Ravens' defense was so stacked. And Allen had a throw, and that's all they did. This time around, they they were able to run against uh, Patrick Mahomes' teams, the Chiefs. But in the end, unfortunately, they just came up a little short. The problem is, and that's why I said, I think uh, one of the games against the Bears, when they were playing, I think it was Green Bay, it was somebody. And I said, so Chiefs score... And Buffalo kicks a field goal. Chiefs score, Buffalo kicks a field goal. Right. And then Chiefs score, and then Buffalo scores, whatever. The point is, is field goals, unfortunately, are not going to get it done in in the game. That's right. I totally agree. You you have to take advantage of the red zone. And Buffalo was, I believe, they were the number one or number two red zone team in the NFL going into this game. And they had fourth and short. I mean, they had makeable fourth down conversions, right? And that's that's actually, I totally agree with that frustration. As a matter of fact, I had, you know, one of our couch potato listeners texted that exact same thing. You're not going to beat Kansas City kicking field goals. So you hit the nail right there on the head. You actually went right where I was going. The Patrick Mahomes thing, dude, that was his biggest knock when he was coming out of the draft is his inability to read defenses. Right. And it makes you wonder, oh, did people not, is he that, is, has he been coached that well in the last three years to improve that ability or were people wrong? Cause that's one of the reasons the bears passed on him was because of quote unquote, his inability to read defenses. And he was very raw in that department. So it makes you wonder, I mean, that piece of it, you've got to give some, some credit, I think to the coaching staff. It just makes you wonder how good Mahomes really would have been had he joined Chicago did we have the right coaching staff in place to help him with that supposed deficiency that he had, right? Well, you figure Patrick Mahomes came out and he sat behind for that first year. He didn't play. And he he watched Alex Smith. Right. He had time to learn. You're right. He had a little bit of time to learn, kind of understand, pick up, you know, what's being put down kind of thing. I, I don't know what his or who his um, quarterback's coach was. But I doubt that Andy Reid is sitting there saying, all right, Pat, this is what we need to do. We need to do it this way, that way. I'm sure it has a lot to do with his offensive coordinator. Andy Reid you know, calls plays and stuff. But the reality of it is there's got, there's got to be somebody in their management team that's helping these, these young quarterbacks come up. Because Alex Smith, uh, now he came from San Francisco. He, he actually did better under Kansas City Chiefs Andy Reid's um, 
management or or offense than he did in San Francisco. I don't think anybody had much faith in him. And then Alex Smith goes to Washington and, you know, gets hurt. But nevertheless, he comes back and he plays amazingly. Patrick Mahomes is just on a, on, you know, for everyone else in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes is just on another level. And like you were saying with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, this, this matchup is actually what we should have seen for the Super Bowl two years ago when it was the Patriots at, at Kansas City. And the Patriots had to beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and they did. So this is this is actually going to be a really, you know, I think this is going to be probably one of the better Super Bowls that we've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a good game. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you've got obviously the repeat champion possibility. I mean, the, the Chiefs are looking to become the first team to repeat since Tom Brady. And he, he and the Patriots are the last team to actually repeat. And, and back in, I think it's 03 and 04. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of diff, like little quirks tied to this. You know, you got the, the old man and then the young guy, the changing of the guard, the, the yeah. fact that we talked about it, that Brady took a, a, you know, he comes over to the NFC in his first year and leads the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl, right? And a lot of people were saying, you know, you've talked about it even, you know, was it Brady? Was it Belichick? What was really the difference making making yeah. uh, uh, a key piece there in, in uh, um, New England? Um, but, yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, a lot of people thinking that, okay, he's coming down there and, you know, he had kind of his off days here and there and, you know, wasn't really uh, sure what was going to happen there with that team. But then the defense really stepped up yeah, and started playing really, really good football there at the second half of the season. And now it just seems like, if they continue to play the way they have and defensively they continue to do the things that they're doing, can they give the Chiefs fits? Absolutely. Um, but this Chiefs team, man, they're, they're so, so stacked. And just I think it's going to be exciting. And being down, you know, this whole the, – the funny thing about it being the home team, and I know you said – you know, you Yeah, well, we can talk about that. it now, yeah, because we've, we've well, just – Yeah, but the funny thing about that is they, you finally, for the first time in history, as you mentioned – you have a, a team hosting its own Super Bowl, and of course it's got to be in a freaking COVID where it, they can't be packed. I know they're going to have fans. I think they're having like something like twenty two or 23,000 fans. Plus, I think they're they're handing out like over 7,000 free tickets to like first responders and medical folks. You may have heard that through yes, work or whatever. But, absolutely. Um, but so we're going to have fans there, but it's not going to be the 70,000 strong that that stadium usually holds. So how how fitting that you finally get a home field team and you can't, and they can't even have all their fans there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sucks, man. COVID you betch. Eh, what are you going to do? Well, I'm telling you the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get to host a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. And I wonder if the season ticket holders get any action to that stuff too. Because they would haven't. Think if you held on to your season tickets, they're the ones that are going to get first dibs at. Yeah. You know, and then they'll have probably a certain percentage of it. But and how yeah, much I mean, are those tickets like, going to go for? <laughs> who knows? Oh I mean, just God. being—it's funny that you, you know, when you think about it. So back in the the baseball playoffs, um, you know, we talked about this when we had my son Kevin on the podcast when he went to the Dodger uh, playoff game. Yeah. And um, he said he, you know, he really went because he just wanted a say he went during this yeah. COVID crazy thing. You know, they had limited tickets and you had to sit, you know, so many feet apart or seats apart or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, you look at the prices and think, okay, is it going to be, you know, crazy and only catering to the rich or is it going to be, you know what, it'll be first come first serve, but the prices are going to be competitive because the way the economy is and everybody trying to get things back to normal and you know what? The average Joe Buccaneer fan doesn't want to pay twenty five hundred dollars for a Super Bowl ticket. But hey, I might be able to scrounge together three or four hundred bucks if you're not going to gouge me to go to a game, right? So, uh, who knows? They It'll could be probably see what it. Yeah, they probably yeah, can. They could probably scrounge together six hundred dollars. Well, well, they, the, I guess technically they could, depending on as long as you made less than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars as a couple. Then yeah, and you've got an extra six hundred dollars to, to spend. Yeah, twelve hundred dollars to burn on a t- on each on a ticket. But hosting is still—it's still a pretty cool thing. I mean, there, th- this is a this is actually a curse 
or it has been considered a curse about teams that are hosting um, the Super Bowl because a lot of teams that during those seasons are garbage. They just don't get there. I think I think three years ago was the closest that we came, and that was when Minnesota uh, lost in the NFC title game in the Super Bowl was played up in their new uh, stadium at U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah. And that was the game that they they came back and actually won that last-second touchdown against the Saints to actually force that NFC title game, but they got smoked by the Eagles, who eventually won, right? So that's, I think, the closest that, that anybody's ever come to hosting their own Super Bowl. But you look back on a lot of this, the teams, and, you know, they were 2-14, and 5-11, and 11, missed the playoffs. Um, you know, I think there was one thing I looked at where um, – I forgot who it was, but they started the season like nine and three. I want to say it was, it may have been actually been the Buccaneers, like, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years ago. And they lost like six in a row or, or something like that, or nine and three. And they lost four in a row. They closed out the season like two and six or lost the last four. Didn't even make the playoffs. So it's this whole home field thing has been a curse. Um, of course, the, you know, Soldier Field has never host a, a Super Bowl, so the Bears yeah. can't count that as the reason why they're not going. But but the now we're now folks, couch potato fans, we are absolutely going to have a pre. We're going to do a Saturday podcast the day before the Super Bowl, and really give you our thoughts, break down the teams, give you a good hour's worth of just Super Bowl stuff. Facts, talks, whatever, uh, hints, suggestions, and at the end of our podcast, uh, we're gonna tell you who's gonna win and what the final. Sc- we're gonna do parlays what, too. What the final score is gonna be? We can do parlay anytime we'll you want. Do some, we'll do some parlays and who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna win the coin toss? Who's gonna score the first touchdown? We're gonna we're gonna predict all of that now. Next, we're gonna see who the yeah, best right? is. And then next year, for sure, we're going to do the Monday morning couch potatoes. Um, what do they call that? Um, squares. We're going to do one of those for next year, for sure. Oh, yeah. Football squares. Yep. I think we, I think hopefully, hopefully by then. We'll have enough, hopefully we'll have enough listeners by then that we can fill it. We can fill it. I think we can. So- <laughs> I think we can. But, uh, you know, football football's been really, it's been a really good year for football. It's been a nice break to have. And. You know, it's unfortunate that it's coming to an end, but not the Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast. That will not be coming to an end, folks. Yeah, as much as you hate to listen to us or love to listen to us, we will be back every week for talking sports from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. Well, we have we've got some hockey to talk about. We do. Right? I mean, the the you were talking about the the Golden uh, Knights were playing, uh, and the, the Stars finally got a game, and what a game it was! I don't know if you saw that they won seven seven to nothing. Oh, really? So was, who, well, who did was, they oh. who did they play? Uh, they played the um, uh, who did they play? Uh, the Predators. No, yes, the Predators. Yeah, and that's and a they, big win. They, yeah, they smacked them seven to nothing. I know it was a big game by Radulov and Lindell. I think also played really well and. Um, but again, they had their first, what, three or four games postponed um, and didn't actually get a chance to lace up the skates. So it's good to see them, their first uh, game. And the Blackhawks getting their first win of the season. Can we just play the Red Wings all year? Is that is that any way we can make that happen? Or uh, you, You're going to play them at least 10 times. Well, I'd like to play them 80 times because, you know, we outscored them 10 to 3 in those two games. We got two victories. And, you know, Patrick Kaner, what a game he had the last one. I think he had two goals, two assists. He had a goal in the game before that, so it's nice to see the old man there heating up. I know it's weird to say old man, but he's been there forever, the crafty veteran. Uh, but it's nice to see that after a rough start where they gave up, I think, what, 20 goals in four games. Um, just to, well, things were not looking good there on the uh, in Chicago, but nice well, job getting their back-to-back wins there. Yeah, now the Blackhawks, obviously we can't talk a lot about Dallas Stars right now because Dallas – just came off of having COVID as a team. So they, they really, they just played their first game, right? That was the yeah. game you're talking yeah, about that they lost. Yeah. They won yeah. seven, nothing, but yeah. we Podolsky can had a couple of goals in that one. Um, so yeah, it was a good game, but we can talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. Now they are currently two, three and an overtime loss. So they did get a point when they, when they go to overtime. So for the people that are not following hockey, 
you get two points for a win and you get uh, zero points for a loss. But if you can get to overtime, each team will take a point. And then if you win in overtime or win in a shootout, there's always going to be a winner. That team will take an extra point. So Chicago has two wins, three losses, and one overtime loss for a total of five points. They're looking a lot better than they did the first three three games. Four, of the yeah, four games. Yeah, pretty well, much. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they also had the... Uh, the Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning, that they had a beat on the road. You know, what way to start off your season is down in Tampa for a road trip, and then you got to stay down there and play them back-to-back games. And then now, you is get, that how they're doing it all season long? Is it back-to-back games for each a time? Lot, yeah, a lot of them are. Back, I don't think okay. there's a single split. So it's like two games there, two games there, whatever. Okay. But then they end up playing Florida, and they end up, getting that overtime loss in Florida, but then they come back to Chicago and in Chicago, they played Detroit and they actually won like today's game that happened today. There's a, I I want to say he's a rookie. I'm not a hundred percent sure. How do you pronounce his first name? Puse P I U S Suter. He had a hat trick today. I mean, three goals, yeah, Suter, number 24, yep. Yep, he had a hat trick plus two. Uh, Patrick Kane he had no goals, but he had two assists. So, you know, he had three point, uh, he was plus three on his plus minus. The team actually looked good. And you know what else looked, you know who else is looking good is your goalie. This is his second start. This Because they tried um, Subad. And he was bad. And then they tried, was it Dolly? I think Dolly. Delia. Yeah, Delia. And then they came in with, uh, what is this, Lincolnin? And uh, so far, he's 2-0 in my book. Chicago's got an uphill battle. But they can battle in their division. Really, the only team that they really have to look out for, if they can play their game and they can get Debrinket and they can get Strom and they get Carpenter waking up and, you know, Shaw being an agitator that he is, they still need Kane to score. But we also are missing uh, your rookie of the year from last year. Yeah, we, yeah. He's, and we got to play better defensively too. But, yeah, go ahead. But you're missing your, your, your rookie of the year. Um, I forgot his name. But he hurt himself in juniors, world juniors, I think the broken wrist. So he's out for, for a few weeks. But you still have him to come in. You've got players, Kubalik, he's a great player. Kane, great player. Offensively, you're good. Defensively, you've got some issues, a little bit. We don't know how long Seabrook's going to be out for, but Duncan Keith is, you know, he's getting long in the tooth. Yeah, what is he, like 37, I think? He's up there. He's up there. But uh, Murphy played well today. And uh, DeHaan, both those guys got assists. Murphy had a goal and assist. So for today's – go ahead. I was going to say, did they increase the roster sizes too because of COVID and all that? It seems like teams are carrying a lot more players than they typically do. They have carried the roster size, the same amount of – the roster sizes increase, yes. The amount of players on the ice at game time is the same. So okay. they're carrying roster players. and it's then like eligible. Who's, who's eligible. I got you. Yeah, and then they're carrying who? like the, the five or six guys that are like a practice squad, but they go with the team. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think they can get away with it, obviously, because uh, the AHL or East Coast Hockey, any of those, those you know minor league affiliates are not currently in – are not open. They're not playing their seasons. They have not started yet. So it should be interesting when they start opening it up. But congrats, tips, my hats. It's great to beat up on. Hey, I mean, what kind of feeling must it be for you guys, your Chicago fans out there to play Detroit again? And now they're back in your conference. Mm-hmm. It was a huge rivalry in the 90s mm-hmm. and the early 2000s. Huge rivalry. Last time Detroit won the Stanley Cup. Do you remember what year that was? No, I don't. 2008. 
2008, they won the Stanley oh, Cup. Yeah. And then, then the then that was the last of their their dynasty was in 2008. 2010 was Chicago. 12 was for Chicago. 15 or 13, 13 and 15 or whatever. 10, 13, 15. I 10, think. 13, 15 was Chicago. Yeah. Now Chicago is kind of in the midst of like bringing in some better players, trading off some players that they didn't need. I, I, I like Chicago as a team. I, I believe that they have a chance, especially in the division that they're playing. I think it, most of the games are going to be winnable until you get down to Florida. Then it's a totally different story, <laughs> but we will see. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start catching more of the games. I mean, I was able to watch that second lightning game a little bit that that one when they got smacked around and also that, that overtime loss that they had to the Panthers. Um, but I didn't get to see any of the Red Wings games. So I want to start catching those games, get them recorded and make sure I can see those yeah. on out here in Dallas. But well, Chicago's um, next uh, broadcast nationally will be this Wednesday. They're playing in, I don't even know who they're playing, but I know that they're they're on NBC this Wednesday. Oh, there you go. So be okay. able to watch that game. Well, I watched a I watched a little bit of the ending of the, of uh, um, today's game that was on. Which um, which game was that? But wait a minute, you said that. Uh, which when did you say the the next Nashville? Oh, Wednesday. That's against Nashville. Yeah, against Nashville. There you go. Gotcha. So you watched yeah. a little bit of today's game, the six two. Yeah. Yeah, just towards when? the end. Yeah, I did. But yeah, I mean, but the thing, I, the reason kind of why I brought that up is, I mean, obviously, yeah, you're talking about football coming in, but we've got hockey. We've, also, we've got baseball, too. I mean, yeah. we're going to have some baseball to look at and some baseball to talk about. Yeah, pitchers um, pitchers and catchers are, are reporting here next month. I mean, geez. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. And they want to get a full season in. They're pretty confident they're gonna, that they're going to be able to get a full season in. It'll be interesting to see how things progress over the next several years, or next several years, several months. Yeah. Um, you know, COVID's not going anywhere right away, regardless of what you might think from a uh, standpoint of uh, vaccine and things like that. So it's going to be out there. And, um, you know, you look at what these teams are doing and, and the amount of money that they lost, right, in this, this past season without having fans in the stadium. And there's no question that money is truly driving oh, the yeah. market in Major League Baseball, as it is just about anywhere else, and rightfully so. Um, but a big market team like Chicago, it's it's interesting. A lot of their offseason moves, it just feels like they're playing, they're they're managing like a small market team with a lot of the changes they're making. And um, you look at that trade, and we touched on it, I think, a bit uh, last podcast, but not much for you, Darvish, to trade him. And they're saving you know sixty something million dollars or over the next three seasons. But you literally just tapped into this guy's potential. Yeah, you know, the first couple of seasons were not were a little rough for him. Um, and you have an opportunity to sort of now, you know, hit that mark. You don't have a lot of starting pitching, and they trade him for, well, not really much. We kind of talked a little bit about that, what they got for him. Um, and it pretty much leaves you with really only one kind of top starter, and that's that's Kyle Hendricks, right? And I actually got into a, um, a uh, Facebook battle with one of our Couch Potato listeners, John Mandala, about, Kyle Hendricks and how he felt that, um, you know, this guy, it, the, you know, he's incredibly frustrated with the offseason moves or non-moves that the Cubs are making um, uh, for, uh, you know, the, for the 2021 season. Yeah. He, and we I, talked a little bit about Kyle Hendricks, and I argue that he is, he may not, he's a number one guy in Chicago, obviously. He's the number one in Major League Baseball. Well, to me, a number one or number two. Well, to me, if he's not a number two, you got to tell me there's, you got to find me 60 pitchers he would rather have on the mound than him. And then that would mean he's not in the, he could not be a number two on a, on, on a team here in, in baseball. That's my logic simply because there's 30 teams, you know, 60 starters. If you can find 60 starters that are better than him, I challenge you, it's not going to happen. And he actually kind of agreed with that. He was more than us just making a point that it just seems the Cubs are, are you know, some of these off-season moves that they're making, dude, it just feels like they're going backwards. Like, yeah big time, not even just a little bit, just really big. Um, and you look at some of the numbers from a payroll perspective. Now, the, the, the Cubs payroll right now is, I think they're guessing it's going to settle in somewhere around $140 million, let's call it. Okay. And the guys that are taking up the big chunk of that money are Jason Hayward, 
making 20 something million dollars. They're trying to get rid of Chris Bryant, who's going to, I think he's making just short of 20 million. They agreed with a contract on him. Yeah. You got Anthony Rizzo, who's a free. They got so many open players that are potentially key players that are potentially leaving after this season. Chris Bryant being one of them. Anthony Rizzo, he's playing on a $16.5 million option. Who are you going to put at first base if he's not here next year? Right? Your best first baseman besides him is Chris Bryant. Yeah. They're both free agents. What are we going to do with those guys? Javier Baez, he's a free agent. This guy you just picked up from from, um, San Diego. Or no, not San Diego. Um, Yeah, the guy they picked up from San Diego, Zach Davies, who's replacing Darvish. He's a free agent after the season. Um, I, you know, there's a few others. I mean, Wilson Contreras, I think has one more year arbitration. So he's, you know, there's a question mark with him, but you've got Craig Kimbrell who's eating up $16 million this year. Um, but anyway, it's, it's just, when you look at where the Cubs have been, this is eerily reminiscent of what they did when they went through their rebuild, because they were one of the number one, um, as far as, uh, salaries go, you know, back in the late 2000s, um, they were in like the top three. You always hear about the Yankees, right? Yeah, always. You know that. Yankees, always, $200 yeah. million dollar payrolls. Well, back in 2009, the Cubs actually had the third highest payroll at that time. It wasn't even close to the Yankees, but it was still the third highest. And then after that, it was still the third highest in 2010, uh, which I think was the last time they made the, the postseason in those runs there. Um, and then it started going backwards because the Cubs started – Peeling payroll, getting rid of. They traded Alfonso Soriano, traded some other big contracts, and they really worked the um, uh, the payroll down to where it was more like a small market payroll. They were down close to the hundred million dollar mark, which is still a lot of money, but not in the you know yeah major league baseball. And now you look in sort of the same thing: one hundred thirty eight million dollars. This current pace that they're on, they're going to be even lower than that in twenty twenty two, even with some of the players they have that they're going to have to pay, you know, that are going to be arbitration eligible during eligible during that season. So it's just a lot of the moves they're making, man, it's just head scratching, makes you wonder what their strategy is. We knew it was going to be weird with, with uh, um, Theo Epstein walking away from this. Yeah. But I don't know what you've heard or what you think, but it's just like, I am, this is a big market team and they're not playing like, well, not the, I, I like. there's a team in Chicago that's making some moves and making moves to improve their team. Team just happens to not be Chicago Cubs. It's a White Sox, baby. It has to be the White Sox. They've got some young talent on their team. But you're absolutely right. You've got players that for the Cubs that are key players that you really should be key. And they're young. It's not like they're 40. They're young players and they're proven winners. And you're just discounting them. Sending them away, gonna give them to your rivalry because you want what? Is it the hundred million dollars that you invested in the field? Now that you don't have fans, is that scaring TD Ameritrade people? Does I would assume they still own the team? Oh, the Rickets? Yeah, the Rickets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, it's definitely. I guarantee you. I understand that. I guarantee you, though. TD TD Ameritrade is doing great. The market's never been the you know has never been so full. And I know that they put a lot of money into rehabbing that stadium. And I know that they did it last year for that rehab, and then they didn't have fans most of the year. Hell, they weren't even sure if there was going to be a baseball season. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's floods and floods of money. You know, you know what? Um, the NFL is the only one that's really ha- hasn't really been affected by COVID. Besides some players, and they had to move some things around, but they didn't lose any of their games. They didn't. They didn't stop uh, pre-season. The only thing that they did was they they did get rid of preseason. Like most, like the NHL did not do preseason. I would think that we probably won't see too much. We'll see pitchers and catchers, but are they going to have spring training? They're actually going to have teams playing against each other, put themselves at risk to potentially catch COVID or not. They may go right. Officially made, but I think, I think the plan is to have some sort of spring training. Yeah. Cause they, they may end up going right into the, 
into the season. I also heard talks about the MLB possibly extending the season to like 190 games, potentially upwards of, to weed out any lost games and adjust for other things that they, they can extend it. Could they? I mean, it's 152 right now. 162, but yeah, oh, 162. No, yeah. Excuse me. No, I don't think I don't think it's a matter of them extending it. I think they would just shave off the front end of it. Um, but I the, the the NFL had the advantage of not starting in the middle. I mean, they had what? They had a good six months to plan. Oh, of course. How they were? I'm just saying. Do, yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, just saying. Baseball was basically right in the middle of everything shutting down. Hockey took a hit. Baseball took a hit. Basketball yeah. took a hit. So All the these... NFL had the advantage there by starting late. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, they may be losing. I mean, they're losing millions and millions of dollars because there's no fans in the stadiums or very little fans in the stadiums. You figure concessions. Think about the people that they employ. Change your M to a B. The NFL has, lost, has is already on paper saying that they're going to lose somewhere in the $2 billion range. Yeah, yeah. To, and, and employees, people that used to, you know, you, you would need – parking attendant people and you would need ushers in the, you know, where's the bear guy what about, what about the guy selling peanuts on the corner before you go into the game. Yeah. All those he's people, selling, he's not selling peanuts to anybody else. How about the, listen, if, if anybody has been to a bears game, how about those kids hitting the drums that you always hear every single time you go into a game and leave the game. And there's a lot of people affected, man. There's a lot of money that's, that's not being captured and won't be captured this year. Potentially, it may be one or two years down the line. Did you know the T-Dog did that once? Bang the drums? Did you know that? No. There's, a, there's a good story behind that. Oh, good. It, was at the, it was actually at the Cubs game, and, and I went there with my good old buddy Pat Burns, who also listens to the podcast. At least his kid's supposed to get him f- to figure out. He's not you know all that sharp when it comes to technology. Uh, so if he listens to this, he's going to smack me for that one, but... Uh, he was looking for me, couldn't find me, and he found me out on the sitting on the sidewalk playing a bucket with uh, I don't know six, seven other kids out there on the street banging on the buckets. Hopefully, you there got those a, kids some extra there money. Might have been a, there might have been a few alcoholic beverages involved in that preceded that particular little musical endeavor, but nonetheless, wouldn't have it any other way. Wouldn't have okay. it any other way. No, it's but anyway. It's got you know MLBs. We're we're gonna have some interesting stuff coming up, and especially with Super Bowl Sunday. I was thinking though, next Sunday, we're probably gonna do a little bit of a recap for the NFL. I yeah. think I think we're gonna do a little uh, recap on what uh, what's out there, what's available, what what we've lived through, what we went through, what games were emotionally high for us and what games are emotionally low. So next week, expect a, a little bit of um, news on sports, but generally I think a, a nice NFL recap. And then going into the following Sunday or Saturday night, we're going to just do a, a full show on the Super Bowl. So that should be, that should be really interesting. I'm really excited. So I actually have a bunch of homework to do. No, no. So, so basically, I, you know, let's reach out to some of our couch potato fans for Super Bowl Saturday night. If you're available sometime between seven, let's see, eight, nine, ten o'clock Eastern, time, 10 o'clock <laughs> Eastern time, nine o'clock Eastern time listeners, I think we'll be okay. I don't know. Nine o'clock Central time, eight o'clock Mountain time, seven o'clock Pacific time. I think seven o'clock's a good time for us. Uh, hit us up on Facebook or email us at info at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com and we'll get try to get you on to the podcast for the Super Bowl uh, bonanza that we're going to try to have. Maybe get a couple listeners to come on board and talk. It's Saturday night. All the bars are closed because of COVID. You got nothing better to do. So don't bullshit us. Just come up on the podcast and talk Super Bowl, baby. Yeah, so one thing left on the NHL that we did not talk about, which was my, which was the Golden Knights, since we were talking about it. They started off 4-0, and and then they tacked their first loss on the road in Arizona. So their first four home games were in Las Vegas. And then the fifth game, they end up losing. And then today, they end up winning one nothing. Marc-Andre Fleury gets another shutout. That guy is a stud. But... Golden Knights had 27 shots on goals 
on goal, and they were 0 for 2 for power play. They're struggling, and I'm sure the Blackhawks are the same, especially early in the season in their power play. It's been it's been pretty and it's been pretty weak. So, 34 hits, 15 blocks, and uh, they only had five giveaways. So the Gold Knights currently are four and five and one, uh, with uh, about 51 more games to play. And I think they also have the best chance. Uh, they're probably one of the top in their division. Um, you can argue that the Colorado Avalanche are having an opportunity to maybe be one of the top two teams. I, I think Vegas is definitely top three for sure. But Chicago has Detroit, which is now, they have a couple games in February, February uh, 2nd and 4th. They're playing Carolina. And then, T-Dog, February 7th and 9th, they're in Dallas. So they'll be playing Dallas. So I would love to hear your your non-hockey. Well, I'll be on TV down here, so I'll yeah. be watching and then for the uh, Golden Knights, uh, January 26th and 28th, they're actually playing St. Louis. They're playing San Jose in February. And then they have big games against Colorado. Actually, four in a row, T-Dog. February 14th, 16th, 20th, and 22nd. Two at home, two on the road against the Avalanche. So there should be some interesting, interesting games ahead of us. Well, and so I lived there for, I lived in Vegas for six years. So as long as I was there and even well after that, there was always this ask about getting a major sports franchise inside that city. And there were two reasons typically that it didn't happen. Number one was the obvious, the gambling piece of it and the potential for, you know, how to make that happen without having any, any gambling influences and things like that. Yeah. And the second one being just the population being such a kind of, um, transient, not really transient, but just kind of no, turnover type. Yeah, yeah transient turnover type uh, population. People live there. They realize it's not what it's cracked up to be. They move out, so on and so forth, up and down, up and down economy. And for the longest time, teams just couldn't figure out a way to make it make it happen. Finally, you get a hockey team. Yep. Finally, you get a football team. Yep. What's it really like out there? Is it is this real? Do you feel like this is really taking hold and this isn't going to be a situation where two, three, four years down the road, when the Golden Knights start struggling and losing fan base or the Raiders, same thing, that all of a sudden they up and move and they realize, yeah, it really wasn't going to work out in the desert. Um, like, What's the feeling out there? Is it, do you think it's really going to hold? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you, I'm a season ticket holder for the Golden Knights from, from day one. And I didn't think... I didn't think they had a chance. When I looked at their starting lineup for 2000. 2017, I didn't think they had a chance. But then you had the October um, shooting out here, the October 1st shooting, and they kind of got the team and got the the fans rallied around this team. And their yeah. first year, they make it all the way to the, the, the um, NHL finals. I mean, they're in the Stanley Cup final year one. Yeah. Not year That's two, crazy. not year three, like uh, like the the owner says. You know, uh, I expect the uh, Golden Knights to be competing for Stanley Cup in about three to four years. James Neal, who was on the team when we first got, him, was like, "Well, why can't we compete this year?" And it was amazing. And then the second year, they're in the playoffs. The third year, they're in the playoffs. They made they two good runs each year. There's a huge following, huge following for Golden Knights fans out here for for hockey in general, which is pretty amazing because obviously we're out in the middle of a desert. <laughs> but the, because of the transient part of it, you have a lot of people that enjoyed hockey from various states that had it, and now they can go. Like I can tell you right now, Vegas is the place to be if your team, if you're not a Golden Knights fan, if your team is playing. It's a place to go before COVID to go party, have a good time, and actually go to the go to the game. And road teams that came into to T-Mobile Arena always they were they were loud. 
Always had a lot of fans there. Always. Even the first yeah. year. I mean, we we have a lot of fans now. And I, I believe, I, and I feel that a lot of them have converted. Maybe the year one, they were rooting for their home team. I know I was. I was rooting for the Blackhawks. Year one. Especially when Chicago came to town. Uh-huh. Year two, kind of not involved in in Chicago Blackhawks. And year three, I you know I know some of these players on the team. I I used to know all of them. Like I could, I could tell you the twenty you know fifteen with all the players they had, and and you'd be like, oh yeah, he's pretty good. He oh yeah, he sucks. Whatever. I you know you just kind of knew a little bit, but the amount of turnover that Chicago has had over the last couple of years. It seems like every year they get like a number one rookie and then they trade him away. You guys had the bread man, Panarin. I don't understand why you didn't keep him. You had the, maybe you couldn't afford it, you know, because obviously it's a salary cap season. And uh, for the NHL right now, this year, I think it's like 80, 81 or $83 million a team. And they can't go over it. That's the difference between MLB, T Dog. You can't go over that that salary cap. You have to well, be. The MLB doesn't even have a cap per they se. Just have, they just they just have tax penalties. Sure. When you exceed a certain amount of money, but you can spend five hundred million on your baseball if, team. Yeah, you know? if you wanted to. So yeah. for the Golden Knights, they've they've actually, and for the team itself, like the Raiders, I believe there's a lot of Raider fans in general. There's definitely now that California has been in complete lockdown. There's a lot of people coming here to Vegas. Our housing market is still hot when it shouldn't be. Half the people are working in Vegas because everything's been diminished by half. Mm -hmm. And it is a city that relies on people coming here. So if you're, I mean, some of the casinos are not even open. As a matter of fact, T-Dog, the two casinos that we used to visit by your old house, Fiesta and Texas Station, both those mm-hmm. are closed, and they'll stay yeah. closed. I don't even forever. I think so. I don't think they're going to open. Oh my up. gosh! That's so gonna... there's some struggles, but yeah, I I think they're here to stay. I mean, they spent two point oh two billion on a stadium, and it looks amazing from the outside. But <laughs> I believe both. I I believe there's enough fan support here in Las Vegas for these teams to thrive and possibly even bring in an MLB team. There's been some rumors out there. That would be interesting. One of them being Arizona. Another one being Oakland. Both those teams, possibly there might be an opportunity for one of those teams to come here. And their thought is to put it out in Henderson, which is near where I live. Which would be so the Oakland A's would be kind of like the Oakland Aces, yeah. Except for we have the Aces now, right? Oh, is that the minor league team? Yeah, yeah. I think they're the Aces. Uh, it used to be something else back when it used I was to be there. the fifty ones, but now they, they're, they're oh, they're the Aviators. So now they're the Aviators. That's right. Minor league teams, the Aviators. And then there was a minor league hockey team, the Las Vegas Thunder, I think. Right? Thunder. Yep. And there was a, there, though, there was an East Coast hockey team that we used to have called the Wranglers. But the Aces are the WNBA. We have a WNBA team called the Aces. Oh, there you go. So, so un- yeah, so it's already taken. So, you, you know, you guys can have the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> I mean, we're we're turning into a small market team anyway, so you can have them. Might as well. Oh, everyone there you go, buddy. Everyone hates them. Could be another hundred. Could be another hundred years of no more wins or anything like that. But you know, it should be interesting. But you got anything else? We're gonna we're gonna end this podcast tonight on a on a good note. Anything? Any last oh, words there, T Dog? Yeah. Thank you, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for beating the Green Bay Packers, knocking them out of the playoffs, and not allowing Aaron Rodgers a chance at another Super Bowl. I'm gonna have another sip of my beer. Let's, let's celebrate, everybody. You have been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit us, visit us, visit us, visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at MM Couch Potatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. The Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening. And I'm out.